Elman. Très bien. C'est très bon. Welcome to the Deeply Discussing Movie Podcast. Every week on this show, we discuss a movie and then one of us suggests another movie for us to watch next. All movies are available from the major streaming services, so you can participate with us. Today on the show, I am joined by Aaron Caldwell. Hello. Alicia Walker. Hey. And Nathan McKinney. Hello. My name is Dale Maxfield, and our suggestion this week was Gene Dealman. 23 key to commerce 1080 bruxelles as americans butcher it um a very long title for a very long movie suggested by nathan we're (laughs) going to talk all about that but first we're going to talk about what we've been watching lately um aaron how about you what have you been watching lately uh this weekend watched a couple movies from the halloween series uh, finishing up my October run of horror movies every night. Um, and also watched Death Becomes Her. Uh, one of my my go-to comedies. Uh, that is pretty much it, though. Not, not much. Did you the watch plate. the Halloween with Buster Rhymes in it? I did. I did. I was Halloween Resurrection. Um, it was the only one uh, my wife hasn't seen. Because it's the so, worst one. It, well, I, I told her that, but she was like, no, I have to see them all. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I swore that she did not, but she, she, she decided she wanted to. And um, Busta Rhymes kicks Michael Myers through a window and like, do you need anything else in life? Wow. He kicks him through a window and then he just fucks right off out of the movie. Buster <laughs> Rhymes is not defeated by Michael Myers. It is vice versa. <laughs> oh, good times. So is Halloween three the one that goes completely off the rails and it's completely unrelated to Michael Myers? Uh, it's not off the rails. What they, they tried to do was Halloween's one and two take place like at the same time, basically. So two yeah. is like, the minute after the end of Halloween one is Halloween two. And then everybody important, but well, not everybody important, but um, like Michael Myers is dead at the end of the second one. And Dr. Loomis is dead at the end of the second one. And so for the third one, what they wanted to do was have a movie every October called Halloween but they were going to start having it be an anthology series. And so Halloween three does not have Michael Myers and isn't related at all to the first two Every the audience hated that. And so we got Halloween four, the return of Michael Myers. The, you know, the sad part is, is Halloween three is actually a really solid movie. People think that now, uh, that was not, the opinion of the time for a very, very long time. People have since kind of decided that Halloween three is an okay movie. Well, that was going to be my follow-up question when you were, you were saying the other one was the worst. I was curious where you ranked number three. Three's way better than resurrection. Three is really good. It, I would put it high on the sequels. Okay. Um, it's not a very Resur- good Halloween movie. Yeah. But it's a I, decent movie. If yeah. you if you watch it as a movie called Season of the Witch, mm-hmm. then it's fine. 
it's it's actually a pretty interesting story. It's got Tom Atkins in it, who's fantastic. Um, it, it's it's a good movie. Um, Alicia, how about you? Well, um, I watched a little bit more X-Files this week. I kind of got a little bit more into that and watched my weekly drop dose of uh, the British Baking Show, Great British Baking Show. And then not too long after I watched that last episode, Nathan popped on an episode of a show that we had seen on Netflix and never turned on, which was Nailed It. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but it's essentially giving a really difficult baking task to people that are nowhere near up to the challenge of it. So it was a great contrast to follow the latest episode of the Great British Baking Show. Uh, And on this particular episode, it had, uh, besides the host, whose name I can't remember, I've just seen the one episode, but it had uh, Matt Walsh was on there and uh, uh, Jacques, uh, I'm trying to remember his name, the great chocolatier was on there uh and they had made Hershey? <laughs> no Giradelli yes no Torres that's it Jacques Torres and so uh, yeah. he had made like it was a literary theme show and he had made this thing that they were supposed to make which was essentially a massive book that was opening up to Moby Dick flying out of the sea and then there was like a little man in a boat watching this all go down, which, you know, I, I guess was, uh, I mean, it, was, it wasn't a big ship, so it was more of an artistic impression there. But, but they were supposed to make this in a very small amount of time and, uh, you know, obviously lots of mistakes and, and problems ensue. And, and then you got the great reveal at the end where they reveal their horrible creations and say, <laughs> nailed it! And, uh, and I couldn't stop laughing. I thought it was hilarious. I've only seen the one, but I think when I've had a crappy day or not done some very good uh, dishes myself in the kitchen, that's what I'm going to have to turn on and watch. And There, there are four fantastic seasons. Well, that's what I saw, and I'm. Uh, we just watched an episode of season four, uh, uh, you know, just randomly, and I think I'm going to have to go back and check that out. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, other than that, uh, I did catch the first two episodes of Supermarket Sweep, which was an old classic favorite of mine, partially because of how bad it was and the really low budget and production value it had, um, and, you know, how what I thought were pretty stupid contestants often on it because I thought that the questions were not that difficult, but it was a lot of fun just watching them run around and grab turkeys. <laughs> so watch that. Um, actually, a, a friend of mine that I work with, her son is the executive producer on that. He does a lot of game shows. Um, I like, I love Leslie Jones. I love Supermarket Sweep. I don't know how I like them together. Um, I don't know if she's super great as the host. She's definitely enthusiastic and she loves the show, which is why she wants to be a part of it. I'm not sure I love all of her vision of what it's become. I do love listening to her scream at the contestants when they're running around doing the big sweep. That's the best part. But other than that, it's just so-so. But, but, you know, I just live for that five minutes when they're out out in the in the playing field and so that that you know it'll still be something i watch just for fun but nothing i'll put a whole lot of value in i haven't seen that but i always loved uh they did a couple of episodes where uh she and seth myers would watch game of thrones together yes and she would scream at game of thrones and yes that's the best part well she used to do that with the olympics i don't know if you guys watched any of that yeah four years ago and her tweets of the Olympics and she just gets so into it and that yeah that, that that's great I'll watch that all day I kind of feel like 
I kind of feel like, you know, it's one of those things where you might want to check in again, like 10 or 12 episodes in where she's got a little bit less pressure on her on the first episode to be like a host, a host, a host. And she can just kind of relax into the role a little bit. Yeah, maybe so. I think, I mean, she obviously looked a little bit like nervous in her position. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why the humor was a little bit kind of almost cringy at times. A forced. Yeah. yeah. The the first season of Family Family Feud with uh, Steve Harvey was really rough. And mm-hmm. he, it's gotten a lot better. Well, um, I fin- I finished um, the eighth and final season of Homeland and was happy to see a Showtime series actually stick the landing on a show again. It's been such a long time. Um, I thought what they did was really, really interesting. And I'm, I'm not going to spoil it here. I don't think any of you are Homeland Watchers. I used to be. I gave up about two seasons ago, but I used to be. Yeah, yeah. that's a bit of the first season. And I, I stopped after uh, Damian Lewis left the show. Yeah, that was season two. I mean, it's it, it has fluctuated in quality, um, much like our 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 beloved Dexter. Um, <laughs> it didn't quite go as negative or as as trash as Dexter did, but it got it got pretty dicey here and there um but i think they did a really good job of of writing a storyline that that worked to be the end of the show and also sort of uh give us like a believable a believable reason why you know short of killing the main characters believable reasons why these characters are now doing something different or you know that that things are are not the same as they have been for the last eight years of, of their time as CIA agents and all that. Um, I watched all of the Betty Broderick story, Dirty John season two, uh, which I think only Brooke has watched out of all of us, out of the podcasters. Um, She liked it more than season one. I don't think that I liked it more. I think it was it was fairly uh, fairly the fairly the same as far as quality goes. Um, but it's a very interesting story. Um, kind what is uh, what is Dirty John? If you don't mind me asking. Well, so Dirty John um, is has become an anthology series. Um, the first season was about a guy named John and. He's called Dirty John. Like you can find documentaries and stuff about this guy, but he was basically a con artist. And the uh, the the plot of season one is Connie Britton has met and um, has a whirlwind romance and ends up married to John, who is played by Eric Bana. And they slowly, she slowly starts to realize that. Like nothing about what he's told her about himself is true. Um, he's doing a bunch of things to like gaslight her and steal her money and separate her from her kids and all of this kind of stuff. And so it's just this sort of building ticking clock suspense thing of is she going to be able to get away from him before everything goes wrong? Um, he's dangerous. He's physically violent. Um, you know, is is she in danger? Are her kids in danger? Um, all of that sort of stuff. 
and then just really quickly, I haven't watched the the very most recent episode, but I watched the first six episodes of Fargo season four. And that was great. I'm glad that I waited and and got to watch a bunch of them in a row. Um, I probably wouldn't have enjoyed it quite as much if I had done it week to week because it it takes some time to set up and establish the new you know characters and all of that. And it seems like this cast is one of the biggest they've ever done and um, one of the most ambitious. You know everything from the period settings to um the the number of people that they're following and and that you're watching in it and it's like the person who's billed second in the cast is like she's in like maybe five to ten minutes of every episode if that so you're just like okay there's just a lot of shit going on in this but i've i've enjoyed it so far i i think I think all of the all of the seasons have been very strong. Yeah, I think it's really good too, Dale. I've been watching, although I'm not totally caught up. I think I'm in season uh, episode five of this last season. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think it's been getting better each episode too. And I, you know, like you said, I just really enjoy looking at everything in the production, like all all the set pieces and locations and stuff has just been great. So, uh, Nathan, what have you been watching? Well, I kind of rounded out my uh, month of horror movies. Uh, the this this particular list of the la- the tail end of the month is not as exciting as the ones I'd seen earlier in the month, but I'll just kind of run through them. Uh, Circus of Horrors, which is actually an old Donald Pleasance movie. Um, I you know I I think I streamed it on Amazon, and actually the copy I got was really in poor. I, I it was one of the worst quality movies I'd seen digitally at least as far as that's concerned I'd ever seen on Amazon um, I didn't know they had that poor quality it's like I might as well watch it on YouTube it's probably a like, uh, public domain or something yeah it, it wasn't a great movie to begin with but the the digitization was so bad that's where I've heard of it before uh, Mystery Science Theater Live did it oh okay yeah I mean it had its moments but it was not great um, I, so we had watched, um, silence of the lambs earlier in the month. Uh, so I decided I, it was high time for me to revisit Hannibal. I had only seen it one time. Oh yeah. I, th- I think I saw it in the theater. Oh, you're talking about the um, movie, Oh, the movie, not yeah, the TV he hasn't show. Watched the series yet. I Someday have. we're going to do that. But so anyways, focus the movie was not very good the second time I watched it. Either. No. <laughs> uh, it's, it, I, there's some so moments bad. in it primarily because it's fun to watch him as that character. But honestly, it was kind of so dang tedious. It just, it's not, I, I don't feel like I need to see it again, again. So there we go. Uh, watched Frankenstein, the original Universal. Um, and then Interview with a Vampire. It's always a fun one. Yep. And I'm always reminded uh, when I watch it how good uh, Antonio Banderas actually is in it. I mean, I always remember the other parts of the movie, but then you get to Antonio Banderas, and I'm like, he's damn good in this. Um, A lot of people that say that the uh, uh, Bride of Frankenstein is the best of the the old Universal monster or Universal Frankenstein's. That's that's my favorite. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I've seen it once a long time ago. I've been working my way through those universal ones because I, I mostly just don't remember seeing them. Um, so 
I probably have when I was a kid at some point. But so anyways, that's, that's on my list. And of course I'm a huge fan, fan of a uh, young Frankenstein. So yeah, uh, you kind of have to have an appreciation for the two movies that turned into that. Um, Exorcist was the next one, uh, which that's kind of like an every year sort of deal for me that I, that's not just one of the best horror movies I've ever seen. It's really pretty close to the top of the list of best movies I've ever seen. Um, the only other movie I saw this month, uh, was, uh, I kind of snuck one in called peeping Tom, which is, uh, Michael Powell, I believe is the name of the director, uh, who I've watched a few of his, uh, more classic movies like the red shoes and the life and death of Colonel blimp, which are kind of like really standard, great English movies. Peeping Tom was kind of of a similar ilk, but not nearly as interesting to watch, honestly. Yeah. You know, a movie that's very voyeuristic where you're just watching people go about their day and do things (laughs) without their knowledge. You know, honestly, I don't know how he had time to watch any of those other movies with Gene Dillman. Uh, Yeah. So in in addition to that, I did, uh, I've almost done catching... Uh, up on my second viewing of the Mandalorian so I can start in on the new season. So, and that's been nice. I've been enjoying the heck out of that. So yeah, that brings us to uh, a movie. It was suggested. We watched it. It was called among other things, Jan Dillman. Um, I think Nathan's the only one of us that has seen this before. He's certainly the only one of us that suggested watching it after having seen it. Um, so I'm going to start with uh, Aaron. What did you think of Jean Dillman Under Toi? <laughs> yeah, it's the, the longest title. Um, it's like a Fiona Apple song. But yeah. Anna Morrissey song. <laughs> or a Salvador Dali painting. But right? anyway. Yeah. Um, so this movie, I, I don't know... I don't know if it if it's just like my taste in films, but uh let's back up a second. So last week <laughs> How dare we you? watched a movie called Picnic at Hanging Rock <laughs> that was suggested by Aaron. Please continue. <laughs> First off, Picnic at Hanging Rock was art. Um so <laughs> And this is not Gene Dillman, um, I loved it. I loved this movie. I thought it was fantastic. Um, it is so, so strange. Um, every single shot is like a static camera. It does not move the entire film. And it, uh, it is the most mundane shit that you can imagine. But as it as it goes on, you're just like, well, what the hell's gonna happen? You know? And, and then then certain things start falling out of place. You know, the 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 potatoes are overcooked, the, she drops a spoon, and just just all kinds of random things happen and it feels to be building towards something. And then all of a sudden she stabs a dude in the neck and you're like, Spoiler. what the hell is happening? And then it, 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 it 
it shows her sitting at a table and then the movie's over. <laughs> and, and before you know it, three hours have gone by. Before you know it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I, I really enjoyed it. Like I am I am legit I'm not I'm not being a character, I'm not being contrarian, I'm not I'm not anything. I I legitimately enjoyed this movie. It reminded me a lot of um Van Zant's death trilogy, uh, specifically the movie uh, Jerry, if you've ever seen that. Um, yep. Very, very similar. Just you're just watching two people and they just are out trekking in the wilderness and then things happen and, and just shit goes haywire. And that's that's what this movie felt like. It was like it was so mundane. And then. You know, you actually got excited that she overcooked potatoes because something different happened. <laughs> it just, it just is drew excitement you in the word. Then, what's up? Is excitement the word? Is excitement the word? Relatively speaking, I mean, like in the okay. absence of right. excitement, is anything is excitement? Okay, fair enough. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I will I will throw one one slight correction in before we move on, which is that um, she does not stab anyone in the neck. She stabs someone in the upper right side of their chest. Oh, it looked kind of like hard it was, to see. Yeah, it, it looked like it was. You right can't really tell. <laughs> You can but, if you like go back and watch it really, really slowly, like I did. Oh, okay. I th- because you wanted to watch it really. really I watched slowly. the last fifteen minutes of the movie twice. Oh, well, the okay. last fifteen minutes of the movie is just her staring blankly at the camera. No, that's the last eight. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> I, I thought it. I thought it was a bit on the nose that she climaxed at the climax of the film. But uh, I I just I thought it was very interesting. Um, it, it I I really don't know how to explain it, and I don't know what exact point it was trying to make. But I was like, you know, this is fun. I'd watch this again. Okay. So there, Alicia, there what did you think? <laughs> um. Uh, uh there's stuff I really liked about it. There's stuff I felt like I I got all of the the things they were trying to portray without it necessarily still being that running time. Um, I, you know, Nathan had mentioned last week when he had picked this movie that it's a movie that you think about a lot after you watch it. And I think for me, especially since we watched it in two pieces, which I think was a good idea, um, I think what I kept thinking about then is every time I did a chore around the house, I thought about her doing chores around the house, and it kind of freaked me out. Uh, like going to make dinner. Oh, God, well, so I'm making dinner. This was a question <laughs> that came up as I was watching the film, which was yeah. Nathan and Alicia just got married. Is this a subliminal <laughs> message yeah. that well, Alicia needs to be making week. more food and, yeah. and doing more chores? Yeah, <laughs> clearly. I mean, is that, and is I, that and I'm not really to going to school. I'm just turning tricks on the side. But um, I, yeah, I mean, there's, 
you know, from the beginning, just everything being not just so um, much habit and routine, but also regimented and precise, I think is something that you, you know, you see really early on happening and then just repeated and repeated and repeated. So everything must be folded a particular way. And, you know, and, and then everything has to be done in these particular steps. I mean, I think, um, I mean, them showing everything at nauseum in its entirety definitely makes the point of what life is like every day in that, I, you know, about halfway through, first of all, it was funny because sometimes I would have to get up and like Nathan might pause it and then I would come back. I'm like, I don't know if a pause was necessary because I think she would have still been, you know, doing, doing this particular thing doing. the entire time I ran to the other room or took a bathroom break or something. I don't think I would have really necessarily missed anything except for just increasing that tension and that idea of right. building a building. Well, and that's also where like the foreign language becomes an issue because... yeah. If you're not looking at the screen when there's a line of dialogue, if you get distracted by anything or if you like, I don't know, like <laughs> go take a bathroom break, right. like while you're listening to the movie going on and she's washing dishes and then she says something, it's like, well, fuck, now I got to go back 30 oh minutes when I get back when over I there miss. <laughs> because right. she hasn't said anything for 25 minutes. It might be right. important. Sure. And you go back and no, it's like, you're... it was not important. Not, not at necessarily. All. <laughs> there are a few. There are a few was, important. Was Mostly it's dialogue with the sun that ends up being more important, I think, than anything. The dialogue but... with the sun was batshit. It was a little creepy. It, like, but... she, she goes in and she's like, how are you doing? He's like, you know, I, I used to cry at night so you wouldn't have sex with dad. And she's like, well, you don't have to worry about that. Good night. <laughs> Turns off the light and you're like, what well, the hell was that? And they, I like that they all these conversations are mostly happening when he's being tucked into bed or something, which is also, you know, they have a silent dinner with each other where basically she just says, don't read at the table. And that's about it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff uh, I really liked about it. Like I, I love... You know, the, I got to know that apartment so well. I felt like I knew it as well as they did because I knew one little thing would move. I'm like, oh, the thermos, the last scene, the thermos was over here and now it's on the windowsill. What the fuck? Or something like that. And then the, the you know, blaring light from whatever advertisement yeah. or whatever was next door. I think that become that's a really important element of the film and kind of that, you know, continuous, you know, going and going and going and going and never ending, kind of like her everyday life. Um, but I, you know, I got, when we got two hours plus in, in my head, I was thinking, and then later started just verbalizing like, okay, she's watching the baby. She's going to toss the baby out the window. No, nope, no. Oh, she's going to shake the baby death. No, nope, that's not what it's, <laughs> I kept, I kept like trying to figure out when she's going to crack on something. They show the rail car and I'm like, somebody's going to jump in front of the car. She's going to shove somebody or something's going to happen. And so then when, you know, when the stabbing finally happens, it just releases all that pressure. And then my main comment was, you know, if only she would have found the right buttons, this wouldn't have happened. You know, I mean, that, yeah, that, that just drove of her over the, the point edge. of the story. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things I really liked and I, and I, I think you had to have it like that to really, to build it up like that and to, to see where she goes. And I like the fact that you really have no idea what's happening in her head at all. She She's masking everything <laughs> in the conversations with the son. Everything is masked. Her answers are very 
like you know not really showing any emotion or revealing much and then you just have her blank face all the time she gets coffee blank face she's knitting blank face i mean everything's just this blank face not even a giaconda smile like you don't know what the fuck she's thinking about so uh and then at the end too she just said you know is she thinking about how she's going to clean up is she thinking about yay finally i did something different like you still don't know what she's thinking even after she stabbed the guy yeah and i i don't know how much of that is um French, uh, Belgian, <laughs> and how much of that is uh, we we are not going to uh, sink to make calling this character crazy. She she's not going to turn into a into a giggling psychopath at the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, well, and they they like the speculation. I'm sure. I mean, that's kind of the point. You're wondering the whole time what's going on. Yeah. I'm having such a hard time staying shut up. I'm, 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 waiting, <laughs> for, I'm waiting for patiently for my damn turn. Wait One patiently while the potatoes cook. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, that leaves me. Yeah, Dale. And I, you know, before the whole hanging rock thing, um, we had talked about this and how like, we wanted to give people extra time to watch it because it it's a longer thing to watch and all of that and uh, and then we ended up having kind of two um, long slow moving movies in a row, which wasn't you know ideal, but it's what we had. So I I did not hold that in any way against uh, this movie that it was the second one of these in a row that we'd been assigned um, and. I got the whole, you know, there's there's subtle things happening. It's very mundane. Things are happening around the character. Um, I am sure that at the time, it was very interesting to have this movie start out with this implied but not shown prostitution that turns into... This woman just kind of going about a normal day that turns into she's got a son and she's a fairly good mother to the son and she takes care of him and, you know, shining his shoes and waking him up and feeding him and all this kind of stuff and um, not like banging on for attention from him, even though like really the only time he feels like talking to her is right before he goes to sleep. And whatever it is that they go and do every night, that is never really explained. Um, they go out after dinner and do something uh, and then come back. Um, I have no idea, uh, you know, what that is. But I do understand sort of the idea of we get, we get basically two full cycles of normalcy before things start to break down and it doesn't seem like a big deal at first. It's like she doesn't have enough potatoes for dinner that night. And so she has to go and deal with that. And then something else is wrong. And then the, the buttons don't fit. She has to waste some food and little by little things are going weirdly. And she gets to the cafe late and the waitress she likes to talk to isn't there and the seat that she likes to sit in is occupied and so on and on and on it goes now i have since 
as I've thought about it, come to realize that she's living in sort of an oppression state with all of these things that she has to do and, and the way that she's living her life. But it's also presented in such a way that she makes it sound, even though I guess maybe this isn't true. It's just sort of a, a false confidence of hers that she's living the way she wants to live. She doesn't really want to be married. She doesn't really want to like remarry, have a guy in her life. Like, and all of her actions to me seem like it's not like some kind of strict enforcement that is put upon her. There's no, there's, there's no, uh, uh, there's, there's, there's no, body that's going to uh, look down on her for, you know, not polishing every dish and, and wiping down every surface after she does absolutely anything in any room and always turning the lights on and off as she leaves and goes out of rooms. But she's doing all of that to herself. The, the biggest like reproach in the entire movie that she gets from anyone is in the midst of her, uh, elongated day, her her harried, hectic day. Um, her son says, "Like you know, your hair is a mess." That's it. That's like all that is said. That you know that seems kind of negative. Or uh, the guys that kind of walk by and flippantly ask if the machine's out of stamps. It's like okay. And so for me, like when she stabbed the guy, I was like, what? <laughs> she what because right before that happened when they they have they're finally showing us her uh in flagrante with the with another person in her bedroom the guy with the, the guy is complete yeah with her nasty ass like torn up rag that she puts on her bedspread uh he he's not moving and she's not moving. So we're just watching these two people like like in like staying in this position. And then her hand comes up and looks like she's trying to push him off or something. Like like he fell asleep or he's done and she's like, okay, you know, get off me, sort of thing. But then it turns into she's like pulling the blanket into her mouth to sort of like uh control the sound coming out of her, like to uh, to muffle herself because she seems a little bit into it at that point. That was hard. I kept going back and forth. Is she I couldn't liking this? Is she not liking this? Uh, like is maybe she it's hurt? a little of both. Yeah. It might be a little of both. You is know? she hurt is she, here or what's going on? I mean, I have thoughts on that. Or maybe she's upset with herself <laughs> that she was liking it. You know, I don't know. Or she's I mean, thinking it, maybe he is thrusting too deep and it is like a sword. Yeah, um, yeah. again, we just so all all of those things happen, yes. and 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 so <laughs> then she kind of she just sort of quietly gets up and she gets the she puts her her you know nicely folded blouse her back on. blouse thing back on and and then she just goes and stabs the guy, and the stabbing is like like a quick motion and the guy is just kind of like what the fuck are you doing and then she walks out with the scissors and blood on her hands. Yeah. And well, and 
I th- here's I wanted to know what was still in the package that she got in the mail too. So that's me as she's sitting at the table. I was like, is she going to go back and open the rest of the package? She, she opened the package. <laughs> she only saw one thing in the package. There was another thing. Yeah, in there was there like too. a nightdress in there. That's all that we saw. That I know that was in there um, from Canada. I assume. And she didn't give us any indication whether she liked it or not. Um, I'm guessing it wasn't very exciting to her because she was just sort of like. I could wear this. That's true. Um, well, but what is exciting to her maybe is the question. Too. So so there was all of that. But the reason I watched that last 15 minutes again was because I watched her open that package again. And look at that nightdress again and hurriedly put all the stuff away. And that's how the scissors ends up in the bedroom to be used as a weapon. And then I watched that whole scene again, and there's no, there's nothing that betrays that that something's up. So it's it's almost like like whatever it was that changes in the bedroom, which we're not privy to because they never showed us what she's like in the bedroom before that. So we don't know if this is a different uh, experience for her than what she's used to or whatever. Um, then she stabs the guy. But I, I will be the one to say, having having reviewed that section in detail twice, that um, she is not a murderer. Because there is no way that that guy died from that wound. At worst, <laughs> she punctured his lung. <laughs> okay. At absolute worst, she punctured his lung. And he's probably still laying in the bed like, what the fuck did she... Why... He's not moving. Why? Well, would you? Like, okay, all right. <laughs> I, I think you're getting up. a little. I, I, I think she honestly, you're probably getting a little meta on it by over-examining it. He doesn't move at the end. I think you're supposed to assume that, at the very least, she has gone past a point of no return and really fucked up her situation. I, no, I. But he probably has died because she sits in that room for such a long time at the end and nothing happens except for her own reaction to what's going on. So he's probably dead. In the language of film, he's dead. Yes. If you are talking about this movie as a very realistic, slow, everything we see is really happening, everything we see is real, from from a realism standpoint, they fucked that up. (laughs) That's my point. Is that they 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 botched that that section of it? Um, it should have been it should have been clear. Um, the wound probably should have been in a different place. There probably should have been a bit of a struggle, that sort of thing. But I get it. I understand what they were what they were saying, what they were doing, where they were going. I also know that um, this was a groundbreaking film from a a feminism perspective. Hashtag feminism. Um, it, the, this was a very feministic uh, uh, viewpoint to have in 1975. It got a lot of uh, festival coverage as a result of it. And it also uh, had a uh, 100% female crew, which is a pretty uh, amazing thing. Still for, today unheard of, really. Yeah. I don't know how big of a crew they really had for, for this, but um, it took them like four weeks to shoot it. Yeah, I just I'm, what I was saying is that I read her actions, her um, her compulsions 
as the way she liked things, not as the way she must always do things. And it's that's textual as well. And again, whether that's her stating that as a as a statement of of trying to keep herself confident that that's true and not really believing it is up for debate. But according to the text, she wants her life like this. Well, I kind of feel like too. I mean, it, I think a lot of it is about control. I mean, yeah. maybe it's more in some ways about the fact that she doesn't have a lot of control over her life, so she's going to exert control where she has it. So she she may sure. feel like she's trapped in, you know, economically, um, you know, gender wise that she's trapped in that certain situation, and she's just going to control what she can. And I don't know how much of that is that she feels like she has to or that she wants to. You know what I mean? Right. So, but like we never see her like, I mean, like for example, like if, if you say like the, the sex work part of it is the part that is, is oppressing to her, the part of her life that she doesn't like that it's like that. We don't see any, we don't see any outward signs of that. We don't see any fallout from that. They don't explore that at all. Um, that all just happens off stage in in the other room. And just like when she goes out with her son, it's like what what we don't see doesn't seem to have any sort of an impact on the rest of her routine and the rest of the things that she's doing. And I get what the you're saying. Is- like maybe you're right that like. You know, all of these really orderly things that she does around her house is a way of controlling the things that she can in that, you know, she doesn't have control over, I mean, she does have control over how she makes a living, but maybe this is the only way that she feels is available to her. And there's, you know, some kind of, you know, she's afraid of the stigma. She's afraid of her sister finding out about it. I don't. I don't really know. But none of that really comes through, um, either the performance or the actual, the actual script and all of that. So I'll I'll put Nathan out of his misery. Okay. And say, <laughs> bring him in. What the hell, Nathan? Okay. So I, you know, I think my reaction to this is very similar to what you guys are kind of going through the motions with a little bit the first time I saw it, which was, I kind of was like, it was almost anticlimactic. Like she murders this guy randomly at the end. And I, you know, yes, there's some frustration kind of shown before, but I started asking questions in my head of like, (laughs) my immediate reaction was, is there a sequel? (laughs) (laughs) Is there a sequel to this where she's like cleaning a jail, really nicely cleaning the jail and, well, and, and, you know, part of the challenge with this, I think, too, is, I mean, we unfortunately have access, you know, if you're sitting in a theater watching this and you don't have a watch on, it might be possible to lose track of time, not have any clue of like when something's going to come up or how much film is left. Yeah. And and we, we look at this thing and we go, oh, there's only 10 minutes left. Something's going to happen. And bam, it happens. I and never thought anything was going to happen. Right. So when I watched it, I honestly like, I mean, I know other people were talking about feeling tension and feeling like, you know, something was up. I I thought like 
the, the I thought that the last scene of the movie was going to be literally 15 minutes of her sitting at that table and no no stabbings. So, so at first read, I mean, at the very least, I thought even though it's mundane what you're watching, it's also entrancing, almost hypnotic what you're sure. watching because, you know, the way the camera is so still and very specific, it's very clear. It You know, I, when you guys asked me where a good breaking point in this movie was, I said, when she gets home from buying the yarn, <laughs> stop there. And you all thought I was crazy, but that is the ideal place to stop this movie because that's where things start to flip their shit. What's funny, what's and, funny for me about that is watching it and and just being like, when's she gonna buy this yarn? When is she gonna buy this <laughs> yarn? And then okay, I re- I remember that you said that the halfway point is when she gets home from buying yarn, and she stops yep. at the cafe on the way home. And I'm like, oh fucking Christ, we're not halfway yet. <laughs> okay, so here's the deal: like the second time you watch this movie, it's a whole nother experience. Because you're watching, you know, you guys commented like she's got a blank face. You don't know what's going through her head. The second time you watch this movie, you have a really damn good idea of what's going on in her head. Almost the whole movie. At first, like she's going through her mundane thing. You know, she's going through daily tasks in order to distract herself from how unhappy she is and what she's doing. Okay. That's all it is. That's all it is. She is just distracting the shit out of herself by being extremely Keeping herself busy. Keeping herself on a track. And when she gets that letter from her aunt or whoever it is. Her sister. Her sister. Uh And it basically poses the question of, do you want to uproot your life and have a better life? She is suddenly forced to reckon with that. And then you get the conversation with her son right before bed where he talks about, uh, and forgive me, I'm going to... At first it was about how'd you meet dad. How'd you meet dad? was the first one. Well, he, he starts by talking about how um, they skipped... Or this like uh, You get some background. He says something about how um, he and his friend... Uh, pretended to have headaches so they wouldn't have to qualify in their swimming. That's the next day. In swimming. That's the next day. But they... It's important that that's the next day. Okay, but the nighttime thing is about how he thinks that the guy is interested in the nurse. And that leads to, you know, he's the guy that told me about how sex works. That's right. And it scared me because I thought, you know, I thought dad was hurting you when he was doing it. And so I used to try to He's stabbing you with a knife because he thought it was with a, a penis sword, was like a sword. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's part of the second day two. I can't remember mm, for that sure. Was the day two conversation, but the the day one conversation is just as revealing. You get a, a a lot of history about her and her situation, but also you get a window into what she starts to think about the whole next day between that and the letter. And so. As that's happening, you kind of watch her go through the motions, but she is thinking this shit the entire time. And the second she goes through the motions of going and getting laid for the second time, which is right after she gets home from buying yarn, <laughs> and a she, you are basically watching her go through a mental breakdown. She is struggling with everything that she's doing because she doesn't know how to answer her her sister. He, she doesn't know what she's done with her life to get her to this point. And you see it in her 
every move, everything she's doing. She's frustrated with herself. She forgets to go in one room. She was supposed to go into another. Everything that's going on is nervous. And there's kind of a breaking point. And it was kind of funny because I think before the podcast, you were joking about her peeling potatoes. And the peeling of the potatoes was actually her breaking point. She has to go. She So the deal is she burns the potatoes. So she has to go buy new potatoes. And so she has to quickly peel potatoes to get ready for dinner again. And they're going to run late. And she ta- you watch her to peel two potatoes. And between those two potatoes, so much happens. First potato, she is just completely distraught. She is completely lost. She doesn't know what she's doing. She is completely, she peels that potato like it's the end of the world. She wow. puts that potato back in the water, picks up the next potato, and she gets pissed at that potato. And she cuts the fucking shit out of the skin of that potato. And she puts it in the water. And from there on, she is pissed at the world. And she is going through motions in life because she has to go through the motions, but she doesn't know what to do with herself. She has already broken at that point. And so all the things that lead up to the murder at the end are all things that are going through her head because she doesn't know how to answer this letter. And when her son asks that question about my friend, we first of all, A, they played hooky on a day where she gave her extra money to him to be in school and do the things that she was supposed to do. Yeah, He played hooky and went to the nurse's office and thought it was a lark. He was just as abusive as he always is, but just not talking to her. Um, he notices she's distraught, but he doesn't like pry. He doesn't try to figure out what's going on. Um, she is crazy when she's with that baby. The baby is just like, she was fine to leave it in the other room. But when she gets the baby the second day, she is making things crazy just by picking the baby up. And she doesn't know what she's doing with the baby. She, the baby, I think, is an indicator that the baby can tell that she's got a shit ton of nervous tension. And that's why the baby cries like crazy when he gets picked up. And so by the time you get to the point where she's opening this package, it's like the one good thing that maybe could have happened to her that day. Then she opens up this nightgown. And it's just a reminder that she's got continued existence in this shit world. And so they jump to the third John coming in and getting sex. And it's awful looking because he's just laying there. And then she has this orgasm that looks terrifying, quite frankly. It's one of those things where it wasn't quite rape. It wasn't quite consent. But in any case, she's being paid to do a job, so she's doing it. But then she suddenly gets this orgasm. And what I think is going through her head is that she's thinking about all the times that her kid, who's this ungrateful kid, uh, prevented her from spending that time with her husband. Mm-hmm. and getting that kind of enjoyment from her husband and she feels incredibly ashamed that she feels it with this jackass that can't even move during sex and she breaks again and she kills him Okay. and then when you watch the final scene in that last nine minutes or however long she's sitting there she is going through the the thought process of what next what next at first she's like oh god that was such a relief I just I I, I I got so much out of that. And she has this weird calm on her face. She almost looks manically happy. 
but then she like takes a beat and she realizes that oh shit there's a dead guy in my bedroom my son is coming home i'm all yeah i read that and there's nothing to do yeah so I think this movie is totally worth watching as many times as you can. I, I I adore what they pulled off on this movie. I love that there's no music. I love that the camera is steady. It doesn't seem like a movie you, you would get into just from describing it, but the reality of what you're watching, I, I like to compare this movie a little bit to watching Rear Window, except you're Jimmy Stewart and you're getting one look into one particular apartment for two days. Yeah, I get and, it, and I, I get the I get the appeal, and I get the 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 second time watching through it, like yeah. the that there's more from her performance that you can draw out of it. All of that makes sense to me. I guess um, there there's a couple of there's a couple of issues that I have, which are um, just um, before I forget about it. I think there are some minor inconsistencies of the timeline that you laid out. There were some things that you said about this happens on the first day and this happens on the second day. And some of the things that you were assigning to the second day were actually like partially in other other days as far as the the way the cycle worked. I'm I'm okay, so now you know how I'm dividing it. But Okay, I'm talking about pre first pre second John and post second John. How about that? Yeah, that that's okay. <laughs> That works. Like you were talking about the potatoes being the breaking point, and it's like, mm. yeah. When you watch it, you, it, when you watch it a second time, like I said, you see a lot more of what's going on in your head, you, and that's what's the kind it, of the but, beauty of the but movie. Not the halfway point. Not the no, not the halfway point. But it's it's the that's the breaking point for her as a character. Like she has sure. lost her shit. So I guess um, my thing with this is. Um, and to, to Alicia's point before when she was going through her her review of it, um, the question, my first question would be, um, can this movie be told in 90 minutes? Can it be told in two hours? Um, obviously, the answer to that question is yes. The The question becomes, does the, does the lengthening of that, does the... the purposeful making it mundane um, strengthen the piece and I think it does but I think where it where it comes into a little bit of trouble is you know and, and maybe this is just just me but looking back like in hindsight let's say that somehow you saw this movie at a festival in 1975. That, that you went to the theater and you sat through it and you had my reaction to it or Alicia's reaction to it and you were kind of like, I kind of get what they were doing. Eh, it didn't really work for me. I can't see myself like subjecting myself to that a second time. For a movie that came out more recently where there's things like home video or where it's a more like, you know, where like where if, if the movie were playing for like a month somewhere and you could, you could decide like somebody could tell you it, it's a movie you have to see twice to really get. And you'd be like, well, okay, I have nothing better to do, I guess, than spend another three and a half hours 
at the theater watching this movie again to see if I get more out of it. Um, I, I think that um, three and a half hours is, is a, is a, is a big commitment to ask for. I think seven hours is kind of a ridiculous commitment to ask for. Um, and so it makes me question, you know, yes, it's the, the artistry of it is there. And I'm sure that there were people, um, like there was uh, some festival had listed that they, they showed it like three different years. Like it was, they had it in 70, like Scotland, I think had it in like 75, 76 and 79. So there's obviously like some kind of a, uh, impetus or, or, or a recognition that this was a movie people needed to see more than once and that there was value in it being seen more than once. And maybe it's a movie that um, is okay to see and then see again five years later knowing what happens and, and, and more of what to look for and being able to see it. Um, I feel like if I waited more than a more than like a month, I I would be kind of kind of close to square one again. Like if you had told me mm. if you had told me um, before we watched it, if if you had given me the 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 hindsight ahead of time, essentially, right? If you had said to me, "This is a really long movie. It shows this woman's mundane life. The first day is all." setting the pattern of how she lives and what she does. The second day is everything falls apart and then she stabs a guy. That's what happens in the movie. Now watch it and see if you can pick up what's coming out of her face while she's doing these things on these different days. I might have gone into that with that mindset and been able to be like, oh, I appreciate these things a little bit more. Um but it's it's rough to say you know um don't learn don't know anything about it it's really long it's really boring it's worth it watch it and then to come back with okay now all of these things that you missed were because you were watching it for what it was and what it was can be totally flipped on its head now that you've seen it and 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 you can go back and watch it again so it doesn't have like that sixth sense sort of, you know, aha thing that you can go back and like all these things fall into place. And it's like, well, no, her her performance has more information for you if you know what to look for. Yeah, see, I, I don't I, I movies that make you want to watch them more than once is what you're talking about. And it took me a year to come back to this, Dale. It wasn't like I just like ran back out and watched it the next week. I, But just the sheer knowledge of knowing about that murder at the end, I think would have ruined it for me the first time, but it changed it for me the second time. Um, and I think penalizing it because it happens to be a longer movie is kind of unfortunate. Um, sure, it's long and sure it takes time, but there's a reason that she does that, I think, as a director. I think it has something to do with you know, and I think it's important to kind of put it in the context of that feminism movement. Is that I get when all, you watch I get it, all of no, that. No, no, I know, I know you, you do. Like, but I'm, I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. Which is that the, you know, when you watch someone from a day to day basis, 
it's hard to tell what's going on in their head a little bit. They may seem like they've got their shit together. And it makes a real strong point of saying you don't necessarily see everything and there's a whole lot that you're missing probably for most people, not just women in general, but I think because it's a woman and because it's just a very routine looking woman who is going through the motions at home and not, you know, going through routines, literally, um, it kind of like gives you some context for the struggle. And that's why it's important. I, I get wanting to make it shorter, but I don't think it would have had the power. I'm not, like I'm not saying to make struggled. it shorter. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not saying to change anything about it. What I'm saying is that I, I read it the way you read it the first time you watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, with the possible exception of the fact that I was not, um, I was not surprised when she stabbed the guy. Um, I wasn't, uh, on the edge of my seat or, or feeling any sort of suspense, like something was going to happen. Something was going to snap at the end of the movie. I really thought yeah. that the movie would just peter off and end and that would be it. And, and it would be very, very ambiguous, more ambiguous than it already is. And so when that happened and when she sat and held the scissors, like I read it and I got it and the movie was communicated. Um, to me on the level that I could take the movie watching it the first time with no information about what was going to happen and what was, you know, what was crazy as opposed to just things not going her way. Um, What I'm getting at is if that's only half the experience, then I don't know that it's, I don't know that it's, it's a seven hour commitment that is that is worth that time that's all that's all that i'm saying okay um the three and a half hours that i spent with it um i got what i could get out of it and it's interesting to hear you say that there's there's more subtext underneath there that you could get from second viewing yeah um it's neat that they did that it's neat that they they made all of that happen um, it's just one of those things where like this movie coming out when it did, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's a, it's a like very big, um, it's a very big ask. It's a very, it's a very big, um, investment for someone to, to ask of someone like th- just thinking about how difficult it would be to see that movie twice. Not, not, not even from a time perspective, but from a, I, I need to to be at a theater where this is playing on two separate occasions and 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 get through the whole thing. Or I I watched it at a festival in nineteen seventy five and hey, it's playing at a festival in nineteen seventy nine that I'm going to. I'm gonna not see two other movies and see it again because I've heard that there's there's more you can get out of it. Um that's that's my thing. I just I think it's like the sort of magic trick of it is is sort of is sort of lost on me, I guess, from that perspective. Well, I was just going to say I do I do think it does benefit from, you know, home viewing, I think in a lot of ways because of being able to take some breaks and that made me kind of think about it a lot 
and then you know try to figure things out and try to anticipate things and i think that that was a really good thing about it and and i think i definitely want to see it again and i'm really happy i did see it it just wouldn't be something i would watch back to back or within a few weeks so that would be kind of a years down the road knowing the main plot but again i i agree with you that if it was if my only way of viewing this as was in the past, just going to a theater to see it twice. I don't think I'd probably see it twice either. That, yeah. But I think that like a lot of movies that that I think have a lot of great intricate things in them that, you know, and this isn't the only one that is in the past that obviously has a lot of stuff going on that improves with more viewing. I think it's very it's lucky for us that we have kind of the options to view it more today in broken up parts. And that's the thing, like home video and and um uh you know, uh, things like limited series and, and, and that sort of stuff. Like, you know, if this was mm-hmm. like, you know, and, and it's not necessary to break it up or anything like that, but for the sake of argument, if they made this a, a three episode limited series today and it had this second meaning and this, this second appeal to watching it again, um, and and even now, like I have this on home video, Criterion put it out. It looks great. I can watch it whenever I want. I can pause it for bathroom breaks, all of that kind of stuff. Like I could go and watch this movie again right now, right after I get done talking to you guys. I have mm-hmm. the ability to do that. Um, and I would if I thought that that investment would be that great but i think just listening to what nathan said is really all i need and it may have been all i really needed <laughs> in the first well, place shit, i spoiled it for you i spoiled your second round i guess no i don't think you did i think <laughs> i mean i don't know that i would have gotten that a second time on the second time through it i think i would have like you know i don't know like i wouldn't have like foisted this on my wife but that's the kind of thing where like you know if i liked a movie enough and i have somebody else watch it with me the second time like maybe i pick up on more stuff but like your read of it and i i didn't go out of my way looking for you know um critiques of the movie or or people you know writing articles about you know all of the all of the goings on and the the well and and to be fair i mean I didn't go into my second viewing expecting to get a whole different experience out of it, honestly. Now, it did sink its damn teeth into me. I was thinking about it weeks and months after I watched it, and things would remind me of it and make me think about it more and more. And then we watched um, the Miss Miss America uh, miniseries, and just the slightest hint of this movie popped up. They're, they're at one of the the ERA conventions or it's the one where the one lady gets, a, goes on a big trip. Mm-hmm. The, the Republican gal goes on a big trip. She gets the wrong drug in her head and she's walking around. She goes into different rooms and they're watching this movie. In fact, it's the murder scene that happens on the screen when you walk by this room and I recognized it instantly. I was like, Oh, Gene Dillman. They're watching Gene Dillman, yeah. which is totally appropriate for that. Um, but it sunk its teeth in me, and I and I just I I couldn't get it out of my head. Well, and I could see the too whole, from what Alicia was saying, and and this this I could say was was definitely um, definitely programmed in, definitely a, a, a baked in uh, feature of the movie in 1975. Is that particularly for women that watched this movie in 1975, you're going to be thinking about this movie every day. 
because oh, yeah. you're going to be washing dishes. You're going to be making Go dinner. You're going to be shopping. Like all of those mm-hmm. things are going to happen and you're going to think, you know, oh, I once watched a movie wasting, about this happening and wasting my mundane existence. Maybe I need all to stab a guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to wash one too many dishes and Nathan doesn't show up for the podcast. Maybe it's time to stab <laughs> a guy. Yeah. So Nathan, how, uh, how were you introduced to this movie yourself? Uh, you know, so I have a lot of faith in criterion, honestly. Um, and I like new experiences. Uh, so this was one that I picked up on a whim. Just, I think it might've been on, uh, an eBay, eBay, eBay purchase that I managed. I, I kind of scour eBay for cheap criterion purchases and that kind of thing. And sometimes buy them sight unseen, not knowing what they are. And I, you know, I got this one and I kind of looked at it with dread. Honestly, I was like, Oh, 201 minutes, uh, you know, and two eleven. I, and you know, I was like, okay, I bought this damn thing. I guess I need to sit down and try to watch it. And so I had a, I don't know if it was a winter's day or a fall's day or whatever it was, but I had a down day where I had enough time to sit and watch it. And I was like, okay. And believe me, the first time I watched it, I was distracted as hell. Like I, I, I was like, boy, this is there's a, there's really a lot of quality filming going on here, but I'm not sure how long I need to sit and watch this lady drink her coffee, you know? So I definitely had that same reaction the first time, but when you get to the end, something happens and it just kind of like, it stuck with me. Mm-hmm. I, I, it wouldn't unleash me. It was, it was just there. And I think I'll probably watch this every few years. I mean, it's, it's, it's that good. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't like. I, I am not. I'm not picnic ha- hanging rocking this movie. I, I'm. <laughs> th- th- I mean, th- I, 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 I always, I said, I try not to say never uh, again to movies with picnic at hanging rock. I said I will seldom watch that again. Um, this, this, I would, I would be a lot more interested in in seeing a second time. Um, but it, you know, just our discussion makes me wonder, you know, about that as far as, a, cause typically if I hear something like, you know, I don't know, like if you, if you decoded a David Lynch movie for me that I hadn't figured out on my own, like yeah. I would turn around and watch it again and be like, Oh, I see what he's saying. He's right. You know, this thing and or then i would come back and and be like no you totally misread this thing and i may not have it right i think that's one of the other things i kind of noticed when i was watching it the second time is that there's still unanswered questions like one of the things i can't remember walking (laughs) away from i think it's clear that there's always going to be unanswered questions about this movie sure i mean one of the things i came away thinking was well maybe something happened with that second john like maybe he tried something on her and when i went back and watched it this time i was like no that's not it well i mean there's a lot of things that it could be that we are we aren't gonna know and it's all the speculation and i think that's part of what's good about this movie is the speculation so my read of it and you know, I didn't really go into these details before, before Nathan talked about, um, you know, that it's that it's all these things on this day and and so forth. I mean, my read of it was more like um, things start happening outside of her control. You know, she doesn't she doesn't uh, set out to have to go out and buy potatoes. She doesn't set out like the mistakes that she makes and the things that go wrong. It's like 
you know, everybody has a day like that where things go wrong and all of that. And I thought, I just thought that, um, she was having such an off day and that if it didn't really even, because I wasn't like waiting for her to snap, it was like, she's having an off day. She's having an off day. She's having a weird, uh, sexual experience even though we have no idea what a normal sexual experience is like for her. So who are we to say whether this is weird or not? And then she calmly gets dressed and then stabs this guy. And so, you know, was it the potatoes or was it something that he did? Or was it just a way to puncture the sheer boredom of her life that she's like, I'm going to do something different today. I'm going to put a pair of scissors through this. I got a pair of scissors over here. Almost like she's getting dressed and she like is kind of looking at her hair and she looks down and she sees the scissors and she's like, you know what? I'm going to stab a guy. And, and to me, that could be the whole, that could be the whole thing decoded. Like that could be it. And, um, um, and that's, and that's totally fine too. So, well, um, it is Alicia's turn to select a movie. Alicia, All what right. would you like for us to watch next time? Waterworld. Say it. Waterworld. No, we actually, Nathan <laughs> and I were joking about a lot of really long, slow movies that I could possibly choose. Lots Centennial. of epics, epics with intermissions and things like that. But um, okay, so we're going to go kind of fun. And uh, have a lot of things to talk about. It's not we're not quite going camp, but we're leaning that way. And uh, also in remembrance of the passing of a fantastic actor this week, Sean Connery. We're going never say never again. We're going anti-canon okay. James Bond. All right. Uh, lots to talk about with the the whole production of that movie anyway. And uh, we're going to see a very old James Bond and a very young Kim Basinger. That's the which is they basically remade Thunderball, right? Correct. Yeah. In like 1980, 82 or three. Yeah, and it competes actually with another James Bond that is canon that came out the same year, which is also interesting. So, so it is spoken, so it shall be done. Um, we will see you guys. Thanks everybody for um, discussing the movie with the long title. And uh, we will see you next time on the Deeply Discussing Movie Podcast. <laughs>